Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous uh, Friday morning. I had to think a second there on this Friday morning. And I uh, hope everybody's having a good day and a blessed day thus far. And uh, it's always uh, an honor to get to do these little devotionals. I really appreciate all the uh, support and the uh, uh, people who watch each and every day. And uh, that means a lot. And I pray the Lord will use these devotions each day to help you and to spur you on to uh, further spiritual growth. And that's why I do these. You know, I, I'm not trying to throw roses on my shoulder, but the Lord has given me a real desire to do these each morning. And there's been times I've been so sick, I can't really stand it, but I still had the drive to do it. When I had my surgery, I had so much pain, I couldn't stand it, but yet I, I still felt like that's uh, something I needed to do. And I, I've always tried to every way possible. It's something just bad's going on, but about the only time I don't do it or the weekends, but I, uh, I try my best to get the word out uh, and just pray the Lord will use it mightily to touch hearts and minds each and every day. So hope everybody has a good day today on this Friday. I'm sure a lot of people are happy. People getting a uh, payday and uh, every time I think of payday, uh, a friend of mine, that was the church, Larry Knight, some of y'all know who he is, and uh, he said when he's working on a uh, oil rig, Every time uh, it was payday, he said this guy would say it's called Happenings Day. So it's, it's Happenings Day. So I guess when you get paid, there's a lot of happening going on. So uh, so happy Happenings Day. But uh, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to the weekend and getting excited about the uh, Christmas holiday coming up here and all that good stuff. So anyway, once you turn to your Bibles to Matthew, I know we looked at the uh, book of Matthew yesterday. We've got a different verse we're going to look at. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 10. Verse 22. So, as always, get those Bibles out, highlight those, underline those, use those Bibles. I cannot uh, encourage you enough uh, to do that. So, use those Bibles. But uh, uh, if you, but however you want to look it up. Uh, again, we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Let me get this up here, and it says, "And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved." So very, very powerful piece of scripture there for us to ponder on and to focus on each and every day. And so it's no surprise. Of course, Jesus obviously was talking to the uh, apostles at this point in time when this was written. And uh, But it's still applicable to us today. That's why we have to understand proper hermeneutics. And you've heard me discuss this before. We have to understand how it applied to the original audience and how it applies to us today. And there's so many people who think, well, uh, that's not how I take whatever verse it may be. It's not how I try. Well, it's not up to your interpretation. It is how it was meant to the original, how it's meant to today. And they will, the Holy Spirit may reveal certain things to you differently. It does not change the meaning in the context of the verse. And that's the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. It's what the the, uh, the proper exposition of that scripture is, exegesis, or what you want to it to say, eisegesis. And, uh, you know, you have people out there like Rick Warren who will use any translation out there to make his point. It's not about that. We need to make sure that we're using God's word properly to make sure God's points are coming across uh, in, uh, in in the right way. So we should be hated for uh, of all men for my name's sake. So Jesus is saying, obviously, right away, you know, he's telling us when this world we're going to have trouble. He's just telling us flat out, all right, that as a Christian, expect it, plan on it. It's going to happen. We're going to we're going to have hardships. We're going to have people who hate us because of our love for Jesus Christ. And you'll you know. 
you know, it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what's going on in this world today. I mean, my gosh, you can't even have a commercial anymore. Here, I was, I was just thinking about this. We had on Fox News earlier about that Peloton commercial because a man bought his wife an exercise bike. Oh, my gosh, how misogynistic. And it's just stupid. It had been the reversal role. The woman got the man a bike. Well, nobody had batted an eye. But how... How miserable does your life have to be that that's all you have to do is to sit around and scrutinize every commercial, Christmas song, or songs in general, uh, uh, to even the Mandalorian uh, Disney Plus has on there with Baby Yoda. Even that is not, it comes under fire because they don't think there's enough women in it. It's just so stupid, man, that people, that's all they have to do is find something to, to tear apart, to find something wrong with, to complain about. It's just, you know, we have such babyfied, pansied snowflakes out there that are offended over every little thing out there, and it just amazes me. Uh, it's just it's just crazy how what a bunch of weenies uh, generation that we have raised it's just nauseating I, I just I don't get it I just I just honestly don't get uh, you know growing up you didn't like something get over it that's what was told to me you know and uh, uh, it apparently some of these uh, uh, generation or millennials or generation Z's or whatever apparently didn't get that message and uh, and never uh, had her fanny spanked or so I don't know what the deal is it's just it's it's asinine it really is so it should be under it shouldn't be any surprise that we as Christians will come under scrutiny that we are hated for the gospel we're hated because of our love for Jesus Christ we see that constantly you know uh, just like you, I was talking about yesterday, talking about the dog tags. How you can't even have a scripture verse on it. We can't say a prayer publicly. We can't. So, and that's all you hear is the erroneous uh, slogan of separation of church and state. They, they totally uh, misinterpret that, which wasn't even in the Constitution. It was in a letter penned by Thomas Jefferson, was talking about the government not to interfere or impede of our free right to worship. In fact, government used to fund churches. They used to have a chaplain uh, or a pastor in Congress to open with prayer. So it's never been against that. We're not a theocracy. We're able to worship whoever we want to. But this Freedom From Religion Foundation or a bunch of lowlifes who want to complain. And the thing it is, if you're an atheist and you don't want to believe, what is it to you? What do you care about it? You know, if you don't want to listen to a prayer, they make a little thing called headphones. Put them on. If you're at a ball game, you don't want to listen. It offends you that much. Then Go do something else until that's done. Ain't that what they tell us? Or if you're offended, well, then don't listen. If you're offended, then turn the TV channel. But when the shoe's on the opposite foot, they uh, uh, they want to throw a hissy fit. But the thing it is, if they don't believe that God is real, what do they care? If they think it's a fairy tale, what do they care? That's the thing that gets me. I don't I don't understand what the what the problem is. If they just think it's fake, and nobody's forcing anybody to do anything. Years ago, when I was uh, being a substitute teacher. Kids would see my tattoos, and they would ask, they said, what's those tattoos? And I would tell them up front, this is about Jesus Christ. Is it right for me to tell you? And they said, yeah. And so I'd go over the plan of salvation with those tattoos and go over the Trinity with my other tattoo and, and got to spread the gospel message right there. And I could tell there's some kids didn't want to hear it, but, hey, the majority said, yeah, we wanted to. So I got to witness and minister right there. The heck with these people. So that's one thing I like about our president. You can love him, hate him, whatever. But I like how he has the intestinal fortitude to stand for what is right. I like how he was saying, uh, I don't know if it was last night or not before last, he said, we're going to say Merry Christmas. Oh, you've never heard that of the eight years of the Muslim sympathizer, but it's just uh, uh, that we can, you know, I'm glad that he, he will stand up to this political correct garbage. Uh, that's going to be the ruination of our country. And he'll stand up and say, hey, we want to say Merry Christmas. And that's the way it should be. We, this is our, it's supposed to be a free country to see what we want to, whether you like it or not. But we have those out there with opposing views that if they don't like what they hear, oh, my gosh, they get an uh, antifa comes in.
in and, and wants to uh, riot and, 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 and maim and get away with it, I'm telling you, I think it's about time to get some good old boys to go and uh, go after some of these Antifa members. But I know it's not the Christian attitude to have. I know as a pastor, I shouldn't uh, encourage violence. And I'm not encouraging violence. It's just that my frustrations, as many of you are, uh, it grows and it gets, uh, gets tiresome uh, dealing with this, uh, this, this, these liberals who ruin everything. They ruin everything. You can't even enjoy Star Wars now because liberals have ruined everything. Uh, so it should be no surprise that we are hated uh, for Jesus Christ. They they hate us for what we stand for. Why? Because our uh, the light within us, Jesus Christ within us, brings about conviction. And it's just like when you flip a light on and the bugs go scurrying in a room, that's what it is. They can't stand the light. And that's why they want to hide in darkness so their sins, so their sins won't be exposed. They can live however they want to. They don't want that conviction of sin. That's why they hate us. And I always get tickled as a pastor. I run into people who might even go to church and 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 or I haven't seen in a while, and I can't even say hello, get the word out, and it's like that quick. Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't been there in a while. Blah blah blah, you know, and this this and this, and I get kind of tickled. But it's just like Dad told me many years ago when I go visiting or uh, seeing someone at the hospital. It's not me that they see; they see Christ in me. They see Christ in you. That's why they're immediately brought under conviction and feel bad and, and want to start uh, making excuses as to why they haven't been to church or hadn't done this or the other. And, and I'm like, man, I don't care about that. You're not answering to me. You're answering to God. I, I want you at church. I want you there, but I'm not the one you answer to, you know, so that's, that's between you and the Lord. And uh, so that's what it is. They cannot stand that conviction, and so they hate us. But, as we continue to read here, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So, you know, whatever persecutions we may endure, uh, you know, there are those, um, oh, my mind just went blank, the young lady, uh, uh, she was in Turkey and, and um, she was uh, imprisoned uh, in, uh, was it Iraq or Iran? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, they, they raped and murdered her. I did a sermon about her here a few weeks back. My mind went blank on it. But even in that instance, they said that uh, they would parade her around and say, look at this. She's a strong girl. She committed, committed to, to Islam. And even then, she would say, no, I didn't. She said, I stand for Jesus Christ. And uh, even the men there who were, who were able, what few were able to get out of there said they, even though she would be knew she was going to be uh, beaten uh, for that response, she still stood for Jesus Christ. How many of us can stand for Jesus Christ? Good morning, Mr. Clark. How many of you can stand for what is right? But whatever, whatever we may go through, whether we go through literal persecution uh, and, or if we go through an ideological persecution, whatever it may be, those trying to silence us, are you willing to stand up for what is right? But whatever we can deal with, this right here is only temporary. That's why we have to constantly, continually focus on the eternal. That's why it says that he that endures to the end shall be saved because this is only temporary we have to deal with. We have to focus on the eternal. That's not always easy and it's hard to do. But uh, that's one thing that we, we as Christians, uh, we have to stand for what is right. It may cost us our job. It may cost us our uh, family. It may cost us our lives. But if we have to stand for what is true, for what is right in God's eyes, I believe that this world is going to continually get worse and more wicked. I think for those who are saved, it's going to be increasingly difficult for us to stand for what is true and what is right in the Word of God. They want to silence us. They want to call us hate mongers. They want to call us judgmental. They want to silence us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Why do you think socialism is being pushed? Socialism is only a step to communism. And when that happens, they that's that's when they can silence Christians and pastors or make the attempt thereof and uh, and impose uh, jail time or whatever it may be uh, to keep us quiet. Well, uh, as long as there's breath in my lungs, by the grace of God, I will always stand in the whole word of God. And I will try my best to speak that truth in love. But if it offends, then it offends. I will stand for what is true. And if you don't like it, 
so be it. That's your beef between you and God. All I am is a messenger on behalf of the Lord, and all I can tell you what God's Word says. And, that, and if that bothers you, then you're living by cultural standards, not by biblical standards. And that's just the point. We need to live by biblical correctness, not political correctness. And uh, so I try hard not to invoke uh, political views uh, when I'm preaching or doing my devotions. But sometimes those lines become a little blurred, and it, it is uh, I have to make a point to say something about those things. That's like uh, uh, during the uh, 1700s, there was what was known as the Black Robe Regiment, a group of pastors uh, who would stand for what is right and what is true. But people don't realize this, that even Abraham Lincoln had pastors uh, imprisoned and arrested for sp if he sp they spoke out against him or the government. So, you know, this is nothing new. So, uh, I, but if, as a pastor, if there's something that is biblically incorrect, if there's something contrary to the Word of God, political or not, I must and I have to stand for what is right and true, and I must teach on those things so that the congregation, those out there, will, will be able to learn and understand that, hey, this isn't right, this is wrong, that this is what the Bible says about this, and this is a direction I can't go in. That's what we have to do, and if I don't preach on those things, then that's all me, and I will be judged by that. So even though it may not be popular, even though it may be something that you may not like, it may, not, it may be something I don't like, you know? But if God's word is, is against it, then I have to speak out on that, and I have to preach on that. And so there may be things that, that in my devotions or in preaching you may not like. Well, I don't like his politics. I don't like his views. Hey, if it's it going against God's word, I have to speak on that. Now, if I speak on something that uh, uh, that is uh, you know is biblically right and you know, and I'm preaching it wrong, then yeah, then I shouldn't be. But if it's something that's biblically incorrect, I have to do what is right. Good morning, Miss Teresa. So. Uh, with that said, just realize we need to pray for this nation, we need to pray for this country, and we need to pray for our president. Like I said, I know there's people out there maybe watching this that do not like our president, but we have to pray. Hey, you think I had eight years of a president I despise and I had to force myself to pray for, and I'm still not a fan. But, you know, we have to pray for our nation's leaders. And that's one thing I pray for our president, that the Lord will lead, guide, and watch over, protect him, and give him wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, and that he will seek the Lord. And, uh, you know, I just think it's something to be said that no matter all the good that he's done, there's so many out there wish to destroy it. Well, it's likewise with us as Christians. No matter what good we try to do, no matter the firm foundation we stand on, there are those who seek to destroy us and to discredit us because of our love for Jesus Christ. And that's why we have this here in Matthew 10, 22. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So no matter what you may endure as a Christian on this earth, remember, it is only temporary, and we will have all of eternity to live in a, in a place with no more pain, sorrow, persecution, uh, no more anger, sadness, all that's going to be gone, and uh, we can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you guys and gals, but I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear, and I hope that is your goal as well. And we can only do that by serving the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being, and standing for what is true. Just like uh, that old Aaron song, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So let us stand true and let us stand right in God's eyes. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. Lord, thank you for another day, another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, let this work, this day be used in servitude to you and that we use it for your glory. Help us, Lord Jesus, to stand for what is right. And no matter if we have to stand in the face of uh, our families, our friends, uh, co-workers, whatever it is, whatever all the opposition may be, that we stand for what is right and what is true and honorable in your eyes, Lord Jesus. Lord, let us never bend or waver to uh, 
cultural uh, norms, but let us stand for what is true on biblical principles. Uh, morality is in an all-time low. Sexual sexuality and identity is uh, is the, the world has perverted what you have put in place. Lord, let us uh, always use your word as a litmus test upon all things. And Lord, if anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, then I pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God, watch over, protect us this day, and keep us safe and well. Be with our parents, teachers, bus drivers, and children. Then we get to school and back safe without any problems or complications. Lord, lead God and watch them. And Lord, uh, be with our uh, police officers. Let them know that they are loved and they are needed and they are appreciated by the majority. And please don't let them get discouraged by the minority. And Lord, I just pray that you be our active military. I pray that you be with all those prayer requests or prayer concerns that are lifted up daily. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you be with the Brown family as they're dealing with the loss of their son and uh, give them peace. And uh, Lord, I just pray that, uh, again, as I pray every morning, that you'll be with our president. You'll give protection about him and his family. That you'll give him wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. And that he will seek you. And Lord, be with this nation. Touch hearts and minds like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope everybody has a great day today, a blessed day. Hey, a homework assignment for you uh, all watching this morning. Invite somebody to church. You know, uh, no matter where you go to church at, invite somebody to church. You know, it's sad to see that attendance is dwindling across the nation. A lot of churches, people don't seem to find it as important. They think they can worship God in, in other ways, but it is, it is uh, imperative that we have our fannies in church. There's a reason why God uh, has ordained the church to be there. Uh, to teach and to lead and to guide. And you cannot grow into spiritual maturity if you're not there learning and growing. And uh, and we need to be with those like-minded believers. And God's Word tells us again and again not to be not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we need to be very quick about it. I mean, very, very <laughs> proficient about that. I'll get here in a second. Thank you, Mr. Clark. And um, so if you... Uh, uh, like to share these these devotionals. Have friends or family might like to watch it. They can add me on at Doctor Young seventy seven on Facebook. Um, if they uh, don't do Facebook, they can watch on YouTube. Doctor Matthias Young. These videos and uh, can be found on there as well. Or if you just want to listen, uh, upload all these to my podcast on Apple iTunes free. Listen to this uh, podcast, uh, which I, I got to get back into doing here. Hopefully after the first year, I'm gonna hit it hard. And then um, uh, uh, sermons are uploaded as well, which I'm kind of behind. He do that too. So hope everybody has a great day today, a blessed day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. Mm -hmm.